What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete, and you're and a baby, we, Justin. And yeah, sorry, right. I'm Justin's son. I was yeah, here to do a podcast with um, young uh, people, but this is not clearly. All right, now this is great. Uh, we're going to be talking to Justin's son here about, I believe, TikTok. He's going to instruct us on TikTok, and we're going to teach him about old floppy old comic books. We're coming to you <laughs> live at a couple of places. Justin's telling me the sound didn't play at the beginning, so you know what? I'm going to roll it in later. It's all good. Great. I tried texting you sort of a subtle behind the scenes channel and you're just like bringing it all on front street. Hey man. Hey man. Got to be honest with our listeners and viewers here. We're live at a couple of places. We're live at Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Maybe we're coming to you later wherever you get the podcast. We're coming to you later where you get the podcast. You're going to be opening music. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what's what's it like to have a smooth face? I'll tell you what, I don't love it. I miss my old, uh, and it'll grow back. Um, mm-hmm. But I, m- my wife and I did a, uh, for Halloween, which uh, as we all know was recent, mm. um, we went as um, Better Call Saul and Kim Wexler. Um, so were you I Kim? Shave it down. I was Kim. So I had yes, and of course so you were the classic character Better Call Saul, as you explained yeah. just that. 100%. Yes. I saw that picture, it was very cute. Your daughter took the picture, right? Yes, which was, uh, um, young... she did a great job. A young Vince Gilligan, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, we made a whole episode. I don't, it's crazy. I hope oh, Vince it. Oh, what happened? Did you continue the story? Did we find out what happened next? Yeah, I mean, I have no spoilers, but um, things get a little crazy. <laughs> As usual. Uh, what a crazy yeah. show. Pete, what did you do for Halloween? You were telling me you were really uh, working your gams out. Yeah, I'm... I'm uh... I'm real hungover because I had uh, I had so much walking to do. I just decided I was going to get crazy drunk so I could just kind of plow through it. Put a it lot of Olympic miles. athletes do that. Yeah, yeah. famously. Yeah, so I just uh, I had logged eight miles going from house to house with the kids, man. Uh, now, let me ask you a question candy. This is a very inopportune question. I'm sure you're not going to enjoy it, but this is the first thing that came to my mind. So you're walking eight miles to various houses. You're getting wasted the entire time. Right, right. Did you ask to use people's bathrooms when you went to the door, or did you? What, what, what kind of crazy drunk do you think I am, man? I mean, what? This is the content people have been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need wondering. a map. No. I need a map of Pete's pee breaks. I <laughs> yeah, you kind of you do Pete's a pees. circle, you come Pete back, pees. fill up, drop off. Oh, fill up. Go, yeah, go and kind of you know. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that's a weirder answer than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> You bring a second bu- pu- pumpkin bucket for peeing in? Yeah, by what? the end of the night, you're just like, hey, kids, you want what's in this bowl? And that's pretty much it. There you wow, go. Man. Too much. Too much right here at the top too of the much. show. Uh, Halloween fun times. I'm glad everybody had a good time. Justin is clearly checking with his dad to make sure if it's okay for him to be at a show this late. Yeah, Can I do just... this podcast? <laughs> it's all right, son. He'll be fine. Why don't we bring in our first guests here? We have some great guests for you this evening. The first ones are the creators of a new book that's currently with Heavy Metal called Mark of Kings, Dr. Seuss yes. Stein and Mr. Fernando Perez. Hello. 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 Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. Terrible, terrible echo. That did not happen during our tech check. This is bad. Maybe turn down the volume a little bit and that'll help. More behind the curtain stuff going on. Hey, nice. 
Yes. Uh, but very excited to have you guys here. Very excited to talk about this book. So Mark of Kings, the first issue is out from Heading the Metal. You already have issue two, three, and four on your website. Ooh, uh, and potentially they're going to be coming out from Heavy Metal as well. So uh, for those who haven't picked this up, uh, before we even get to the concept of the book, I'm curious. I feel like everybody, or at least I'll, I'll age myself. I know Heavy Metal from like, the animated movie and like the shorts and that thing. And yeah. I know they're a whole brand at this point, but what, what's it like working with heavy metal? What makes a heavy metal book at this point? And how did you get hooked up with them? I'll let Susan take that yeah. one because she, she's the one that instigated that one. Yeah. I, um, oops, is that me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely. That's yes. better. Yeah. Much yeah. Better. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. Still echoing, but it's kind of cool. We're talking about heavy metal, and you got a sweet reverb yeah, going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what I did was, I I thought maybe because we had all four issues out, maybe we could serialize it in their magazine. So I sent a cold letter to the CEO, and I wow. sent him the read-only copies. And the next thing I know, he says this was during the pandemic, 2020, and he said we are putting together. Uh, a new comic book line called Virus because of the virus and because Diamond Distribution had stopped distributing and there was a whole thing going on where people weren't getting their comics. Oh, yeah. So what we did was um, met with him and we were all set. We had reasons why they needed us and how great this magazine was going to you know, be because of our comic. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And we didn't have to say anything. <laughs> what? Okay. We wow. didn't ruin it. We just kept our mouth shut. And so what they did ask for, however, was uh, new covers because we had uh, one. Our fourth issue is uh, Mike McComb, but they wanted us to work with Tony Harris. So they put us together with Tony Harris. Tom Mandrake did uh, two and three. And um, we got to sign at San Diego Comic-Con. They've been, you know, great to work with so far. That's amazing. That is Tony Harris, I love his artwork. I'm a huge fan of Starman, a book that he mm-hmm. um, did the art for. So very cool to see this cover um, on the top of your comic. Yeah, we yeah. never would have met him if it hadn't been for um, Keith, our uh, Keith Champagne, our editor at Heavy Metal. So talk a little bit about the concept of this book. I mean, we'll get into the content, which true to the heavy metal form, I think you found the right place for it. Like there's some extreme stuff that goes on in here, uh, but it also has a pretty concrete pitch. So why don't you give it, give us that to start off? So uh, actually I came up with the concept of the story back when I was in college, um, actually um, about this. And actually one of the characters, uh, Bishop actually is based off of uh, one of your um Listeners, listeners uh, stray bullet, stray bullets. The character of uh, Bishop um, in the in the script that the comic is based off of had the spiky hair, which he had back in college. Rode a motorcycle, which he did in college. And I was thinking, okay, this could be what? you know the this character for the for the story. And uh, apparently, he still does. <laughs> wow. You know, so the story is about an ex-priest that's now a vampire who must locate the secret heir to a vampire kingdom in order to stop the resurrections of a centuries-old war between the vampires, the Vatican, and the military. Almost kind of like a Game of Thrones kind of meets Underworld kind of vibe to it. Yeah. I want to make it a, a story with, with vampires for adults. You know, these vampires don't sparkle. 
you know, this I wanted this to be kind of like a little bit darker, a little bit gritty, and it seemed to fit the heavy metal platform. Yeah, great. Uh, so talk to us more about Brett Macris's role. In the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's hear more stories. What inspired? Is he a vampire or a priest in, his, yeah, in college? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a priest, but then he got bit. And so he kind of lost his faith. It's like, how could this happen to me? And so he's a half-breed vampire. And so the story also deals with a little bit of racism because you have, of yeah. course, the mortals, immortals, but also a little bit of the within the immortals, Oh, you're a half breed. You're not a purebred like me, you know. So it does a lot of work with that, um, in the in the script. Touches a little bit on that in the comic with uh, the main villain Lucard. And like I was intimating earlier, the violence, and I think appropriately so, you're dealing with a vampire story, goes wildly over the top and gets super bloody. Um, how far? could you push things like how far were, did you allow yourself to push things? Did you feel like you needed to push it even further? Talk to me about that a little bit. Sure. I, I, I didn't want to hold anything back. I mean, yeah. I like yeah. the movies where the vampires were scary. They were soulless. soulless. They were fearless. Whether it was a, a purebred vampire or a half breed, it all that, that primal instinct of I need to feed no matter what. You know, you know that that, that self-preservation thing. So whatever those, you know, uh, killing cows or killing, you know, your next door neighbor, they needed to eat. And so I wanted it to be bloody. I wanted it to be um, brutal, very very brutal um, yeah. on that on that on that vampire telling. Yeah, and, talk- uh, and you did it. Oh, I'm looking ahead, at this Josh. page right now of the, uh, I guess, morgue hammer going through um, yes. his yes. face with. Very articulated teeth flying out. Which, uh, <laughs> the dent- the focus on dentistry is uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted it to be like a vampires for adults with a little bit of um, sci-fi. Move a little bit away from the the classic nor of like you can't, they don't see the reflection in the mirrors. Try to throw a little bit of stuff into that where they actually can, some can't, you know, so just bringing up our own little little universe. And yeah. Susie helped me get the original concept and we took some things out that didn't make sense anymore in this day and age, because I wrote, I came up with the idea, once again, back in the 90s when I was in college. Um, and then Susie, Threw in some ideas, things just worked out, and yeah. it was important. Like, like, like we have strong female characters, mm-hmm. um, yeah. mortals nice. and immortals. I think that's that's really important. I like to see that, and I know a lot of people do. Yeah, for sure. I actually have a question about the mirror thing you brought up. I haven't done a lot of deep dive into vampire lore. The mirror thing has always struck me as sort of a weird tacked-on vampire thing. That's it. Is it based or? If you don't know, if you have a guess, like, is it based on like your soul? You don't have a soul, so you can't see yourself in the mirror. I would think think so. I also think it's a device device so you can tell who's a vampire and who's not. (laughs) Right, right. But also going back to the the soul thing, I liked it where if you if you ever saw Underworld, I think there was a scene in there, if I recall, where one of them is looking in the mirror. They see themselves. And so I took that more like a scientific approach. If you're a half breed that you were once human, you could see your reflection in the mirror. But if That's you were cool. born that way, then you can't, wow. you know? So there's that difference. Oh, you can see yourself in the soul. You're, you know, you're a lesser person than, than we are. So it's funny. Vampires are all in a lot of different stories are meticulously dressed. 
but technically they can't see what they look like at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's the deal? They're such that dandies. Would be awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the sort of thing where they might like make a huge mistake and shave their beard and then look. Uh, yeah, wow! Exactly. Wow! I'm wow. Just say it. Wow! I'm just saying. That's a strange, like, hypothetical. Yeah, three times a day, I'd be like, "How's my hair? How's my hair?" <laughs> <laughs> Now, you touched on this a little bit before, but you two have worked together not just on this, but another book, Inversion, as well. What is the working relationship like? How do the two of you work together? I think we work well. The, we only argue when we're writing and only occasionally. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we have this thing where if you start it, like I started Inversion, and Fernando started Mark of Kings. So we agree on an outline, a story, and one of us gets started. And the other person puts in their input. But if we do have a disagreement, the person who's taking the lead has what we call final say. Oh, nice. Which means if you say final say, that means that's it. That's it. We're done. We're done. Mm. But it's also a lot of responsibility because we wrote a script once where I said final say, this is the ending. And then we got dinged on the ending by a judge in a contest. Oh. And he liked his suggestion was Fernando. So, yeah, it's not as easy as it sounds just to say final say. Um, I collaborate with my wife on a couple. And so you want to, you want people to read it how, how you see it. So you got to be sure that it's not more of an ego thing, but yeah. what's good for the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hear you because I collaborate with my wife on a couple children, and um, I have final say on one, and she has final say on the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's actually we found the hardest thing we've ever done together is a canoe, a two-person canoe. (laughs) Truly, writing is not hard. That's great. Uh, Let's talk about a version for inversion for a second because I love the tone of this book. It seems on the surface to be this like very intense time travel action movie thing, but there's a certain cheeky jokiness to it at the same time. So could you talk about balancing those two tones? Yeah, we, um, we, I always say it's um, Looper meets Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Oh, We're fans nice. of that 80s buddy cop kind of vibe. And um, like um, uh, uh, 48 Hours, um, what's the Christmas movie we just saw? Um, Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little tired. Yeah, so we we like to bring everybody up with the tension and then drop it with a joke, let everyone relax, and then bring it back up again. Smart. Uh, Well, I love it. And you have a couple of issues of that out as well. Where can Mm -hmm. people check out all the stuff that you do? Where's your website? Uh, they could go ahead and get those at our website, which is uh, entity, E-N-T-I-T-Y-I-E-Y-E dot com. Excellent. And we have a little store there where they could get copies of Inversion. Um, they could buy a first copy of Market Kings. Um, I think it takes you to the Heavy Metal yeah, it'll yeah. yeah, and that'll take you to the Heavy Metal website where you can get the first issue of Market Kings. Nice. Cool. And you can get the, well, you have the next couple of issues of Mark of Kings ready to go at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and you well, can Bert, also get a candle because I, I, I <laughs> don't ask. We have candles. It's not something. Yeah. It was a mistake, but she had final say on that one. 
Don't because I, I get very hard when you said I you brought candle. up something that's very unique and different, <laughs> and now we're not allowed to ask about it. So yeah. it's a tough yeah. spot to be in. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes, Brett. Bishop is an amazing character. You're going to like him. <laughs> amazing. I love this. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure thank chatting. You. Congrats on all the success. Yeah. I'm looking congrats. forward to the next so one. It's fun. Thank you thank very you much. So much. For having we us. really yeah. appreciate it. You bet. Take care. All right. Yeah. There. Once again, check out Mark of Kings from Heavy Metal. And that was Dr. Susie Stein and Mr. Fernando Perez. Very cool. cool. We are going to bring in our next guest here. He is the creator of the book Bigfoot Knows Karate, which is currently yeah. on Kickstarter for issue two. Dan Price, everybody. Hello, Dan. Hey, hey guys. Hello. Thanks so much for having me on tonight. Wow, look at that wall. You bet. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, yes, Pete. I, I actually did want to turn it over to Pete first for the wall interview. Pete, yeah, take let's, it away. Let's ask him. Wa- yeah, walk us through that wall a little bit there. That's it looks uh some amazing <laughs> stuff going on. Oh yeah, no, I've got well, I got a Dalek. My family got me that uh a while back, and I think we bought that at Comic Palooza several years back. Um nice. you know, you, I love Adam West. I got to meet Adam West. Uh Years back, um, as a special thing that my agent at the time had set up for me, and so I'm just a big Adam West fan. And then the rest of this is all Bigfoot Knows Karate stuff for the most part over here. Yeah, and so um, I've been really lucky to get to work with some amazing artists, and we received a ton of fan art uh, for the comic. I mean, it's been over 100 pieces of fan art that we've received in the last year or so. And this particular piece, I'll take it off the wall for you. Yeah, this was a piece of fan art that was sent to me by a gentleman named Adam Caswell. Let me get in close so you can see the detail. Wow, and that's uh, really weird. We seem to be in the art, as far as I can tell. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's weird you're uh, not there because you're a vampire. uh, Yeah, I don't know how reflections work. I've never seen this before. The uh, so Adam sent me this as a as a piece of fan art and said to me, "I'm going to mail it to your house." I said, that's insane. And uh, I said, I can't just accept this. So I paid him for it. And we put it as the variant cover for our deluxe edition for issue one. Um, And and so that's turned into um, a friendship between myself and Casey Allen, my co-writer, and Adam. Uh, He is doing the wraparound cover for the uh, deluxe edition variant for issue two. And then he's also doing the interiors on a side story for Bigfoot Knows Karate that we're working on as well. I got to hang out with him this weekend at Baltimore Comic Con, and uh, he Ooh. tabled with me over the weekend, and it was it was a blast. So I mean, it's amazing what a piece of fan art will do, you know. Yeah. What a cool yeah. story. Yeah. So you know, and then some other pieces by Luis Tomas, Matthew Skillern. He was a cover artist on issue one as well. Uh, Jevin Loop over here. This one's small. I'll take it off the wall. This is a little postcard piece that Jevin Aww. did. And uh, but we've received some amazing, amazing artwork from people. And uh, my wall is just getting more and more naked as I start taking things down. <laughs> but um, anyway, but yeah, no, it's been it's just been a blast by the reception that we've received on this comic. So what, Bigfoot what? knows karate. Now, is this something you learned um, uh, in practice uh, or is this something? <laughs> yeah. Did you see whole a blurry of- Bigfoot practicing karate? Is that how you came up with this? Well, I had been drinking a lot of cough medicine out in the wilderness one night. No, uh, nothing like that. But um, no, originally, so my original project that I worked on was something called Latex Avenger. 
And uh, Latex Avenger, he had a sidekick spermicidal foam lad, and together they repelled crime 99.9% of the time. Uh, <laughs> your face is priceless, man. Uh, the uh, the uh, Yeah, this was a real comic. I did about eight issues of it, and, uh, and it just came back for a crossover with Halloween Man here recently. But uh, Bigfoot Knows Karate was going to live in the Latex Avenger universe. It was going to be a full-on comedy. And, uh, it was, and I wrote the script, and it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. You know, you have to be honest with yourself. Right. And uh, oh. so I shelved it, but I love the name. And about 2017, 2018, I started resketching the character that looked sad and, you know, and, and introspective. And, if, you know, I was thinking about the psyche of a Bigfoot. If you were alone and nobody knew you existed and nobody cared, you know, what would that do to you? And, you know, karate. Um, you know, so it was, yeah. yeah. And so that's how the story was born. It was really, I was really trying to do something that wasn't the trite martial arts movie that you've seen that plot so many times. The guy gets hurt. He gets found by the master. The master trains him up, you know, yada, yada, yada revenge. You know, I mean, we've seen that so many times and how do you have a revenge story with a Bigfoot when he has nothing, no, has no one, there's nothing to get revenge for. So it was really, it was really you know, my mind was moving pretty hard on that one, trying to, you know, come up with something original and unique. And I think between myself and Casey Allen, we've, we've come up with something that, you know, will get you, you know, so we're pretty happy with it. Great. Oh, oh you're on yeah. mute. Oh, Alex, you're muted weirdly. It's strange. I feel like it's almost like a vampire, but for audio. <laughs> uh, no, you're gonna nope. have to sign nope. out, and sign back in, Alex. Yeah, That's the you're way gonna this have works. to. You know, Weirdly. if Alex leaves, does the whole thing shut off? I don't know. Yeah, um, it'll be fun to find out. So, so then tell sure. us about. Uh, so this Kickstarter, this is chapter two that you're. I mean, you're already Correct. well funded. Um, so yes, so we are that. in. We are in chapter two. Um, you know, chapter two, born under a bad sign, and uh, can we hear you? Can you hear me? Yeah, we Yay. can. Oh, right. great. Yeah. Wait, just a quick Fantastic. question. Could you hear this? Yep. Great. <laughs> Always love doing a tech check in the middle of the show. Sorry, take it away. No worries. So, um, yeah, we are in issue one, or in issue two. You know, issue one introduced the character, kind of set up, you know, started to set up the world that we're, uh, that we're uh, in. Um, you know, he fought Kung Fu Thulu in the cryptid showdown of the century. Wow. Uh, so you got a martial arts fighting Cthulhu, a martial arts fighting Bigfoot. But then we did, um, you know, there was a really big twist at the end. We kind of liken the book to Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with a twist. That's, you know, that's, that's really... Pitch. I love it. Thank you so much. And so the, um, and so issue one, you know, you're, you've got this character that's completely isolated and, and no one knows. And now in issue two, he's completely surrounded by enemies. What's better to be completely alone or wherever you go, somebody's looking to do you in. So it's, um, it's very, uh, I'm, <laughs> It, it, we kind of, you know, Casey said to me year, uh, about a year back, he goes, you think we're going off the rails on this one? And I said, dude, we started off the rails, man. All we can go is further and further. And uh, where and, we're going, and, you know, we people... don't need rails. Exactly. <laughs> there you go, Doc. There you go. Uh, for sure. 
Uh, well, talk to me about, this is the question I was going to ask earlier, talk to me about the Kickstarter a little bit. So you've done uh, the second issue here. I'll bring it up here. Uh, the great news is that it is already successful with 10 days to go, which is awesome. Um, I think you've doubled at this point your goal. Yes. So what what are you looking for here? I assume you have some stretch goals going on and other things. Uh, what's what's the end game for this Kickstarter? Um, the end game is, uh, so what's the end game? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so we do have, we have the, uh, we do have some stretch goals. We're doing a two sticker pack for the first stretch goal. If we hit 60 more dollars, then we're going to do um, a trading card or bookmark. I'll put up a poll on the, uh, on the, um, on my Instagram when we do that. When every time we hit the stretch goal, I put up a poll so everybody can vote on, you know, would you like this or that? And that's how we got to uh, stretch. We got to the first stretch goal, so we'll continue that that party happening on this one as well. So, um, yeah, and mostly, you know, we really have a streamlined campaign this issue. Really, you know, it's mostly book focused. Don't have a lot of ancillary, you know, things like that. But we really got great response on the amount of covers that we did last time. And the thing that people were asking for this time was they loved the regular editions. They loved the deluxe editions and I'll go into that, but they wanted a foil. That was like one of the things that I heard about the most. And um, so we did a foil cover with Luis Tomas. We have a, we have our regular editions, which are going to be a 30, a 37 page. It says 33 in here, but we actually extended the book a couple of like a couple of weeks ago. So, Hey, you're getting a little extra and um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna extend the uh, book to 37 pages so the regular edition is that the deluxe edition is the 37 page story plus okay and that's going to include the director's commentary as well as an art gallery for um for uh you know fan art as well as you know some sketch work that are you know page samples for the side story that Adam Caswell is doing for us. So we've got some cool things lined up. You know, got that preview. And then the director's commentary is just huge. People love that on the first issue. I've always wanted to do director's commentaries for a comic, you know, like you had in a DVD, but how do you do it? Print it oversized with notations and stuff. That seems like a headache. Hit the QR code instead, and it takes you to a YouTube video where we go into a roundtable discussion with, you know, a few talking heads that goes deep into the book. So we have, um, you know, so we did that the last time we did like a two hour deep dive on issue one because we sold issue one like it was a punch em up. That's all we said. Bigfoot knows karate, Kung Fu Thulu, you know, that was the whole thing. And, um, you know, but now that gave us an opportunity to really discuss the comic at length. And so we're looking forward to doing that again this go around. Awesome. That is so cool. And I do love the idea of just focusing on the comics with the kickstarter you know nothing against mm-hmm. anybody who's done other kickstarters but i feel like that's the main draw that's the reason you're doing it right so it is nice to get buttons it's nice to get statues and all of these other things but sure ultimately the product that you're actually selling is the comic so that's got to be there and that's got to be good the you know the one thing that we're looking at doing for issue three is we've gotten a lot of requests for plushies uh, Bigfoot knows karate plushies, mm. so we will may do that on the next go around. I did T-shirts last time; that nice. was fine. Bit of a headache, you know, but it was it was fine, you know. So this time, I really try to streamline it, streamline it, make it easy for us, make it easy for them. Not too many options, but 
you know, be able to, you know, we have retailer packs this time. That was, a, you know, a big request from the last issue. We sold ads in the first issue. People asked for more of those. So we, we have ads in, in the comic for, you know, uh, for, you know, comic books or retailers or, you know, podcasters or, you know, that kind oh, of thing you want to get. Hey. hey, hey, you know, there you go. Cool. Awesome. Hey, maybe if that's really successful, you could just pivot the comic to just being ads, right? Uh, <laughs> we're very close just to this thought. podcast just, just being ads. It'd be, it'd be a 30-page story and 100 page of ads, you know, no, just to oh finance the whole thing. Now, more ads than ever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dan, congratulations on the yeah. success. I'm very excited to check this one out, and I'm excited uh, to see issue three as well. I'm definitely going to pick up one of those Bigfoot plushies if they have Yeah, the plushies. <laughs> great idea, everyone. Yeah. It's very grabbable, huggable even. There you go. Squeeze, Dan, yeah, just squeeze a little squeeze. Bigfoot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to do it in real life. Problematic. Exactly. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. Have a great night. Hey, y'all have a great evening. Thanks for having me on. Thank yeah, you, no problem. All right, there once again, the book is Bigfoot Nose Karate. It's on Kickstarter now for the next 10 days. And folks, simple, uh, perfect. It's all in the title. I mean, it's it's a great package. It's a great And package. you know what it is? It's a total Netflix. Right? Uh, yeah. Was that it? makes sense. Look how happy that made Alex today. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make this it up to your audience questions. Get the audience questions. All you got to do is drop a question and ask a question or in the comments over on YouTube. And we'll get to that. But first, what you drinking? What you drinking? What you drinking today, fellas? Oh, well, I just finished a Mai Tai, uh, which was... Uh, Something I was very excited to make. I did some homemade uh, pecan orgiat, uh, which Ooh. is the sort of syrup you put in the Mai Tai. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, a lot of this is um, hyper specific um, uh, gourmet idea, but like orgiat's usually made from almonds. I made it with pecans, and I'll tell you what, it's better, I think. So ah, get out there and go with it. That. That, that sounds good. Dude. Yeah. What not uh, people are losing eat. their minds right now. I know the orgiat heads are crazy out there. Yeah, oh, the, um, the almond people are like, you go how to that, dare By the way, you go into that orgiat orgy uh, next oh, week. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Nutty. Nutty orgy. Um, Pete, what um, can nuts. of beer did you um, find? Um, I, I got you that shirt, shirt, right? Uh, shirt, right? That says, I lost my nuts at the orgiat orgy. <laughs> Nutflex. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Let me just. Over there, I'll just start up that sound. Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just cut out some the time in between there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Won't be such um, a pregnant pause. Uh, yeah, I'm, I found uh, a nice kind uh, of beer. It's tough, it's tough to drink after, so, you know, the hair of the dog. It's called Thirst Monster. It's a Kolsch. Nice, nice. What a mouthful that word is. Cold. Yep. Uh, I'm drinking a spicy mezcal margarita for Dia de los Muertos. I don't know if that's cultural appropriation or not. I apologize Seems if it little, is. Uh, borderline, buddy. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I love a spicy margarita, and any excuse to have it, I'll have it. So there you go. Okay, sure. Hard to argue with that. Why don't we get to some questions here? We actually got one. This was a couple of weeks ago, but we got it on Twitter, I believe, from Andrew Softly. Um, do you have any recommendations for documentaries or films about comic books? Yes. Ooh, docs. Oh, Pete, do you have Pete? one? Yeah. Um, 
So I would say it would for me it would go like American Splendor number one, then and this is just for I don't me. I think that's a doc technically. Well, it kind of is. It gets pretty it's meta. A, I think I mean, it's a, a biopic. Well, okay, fine. I mean, if you want to get technical, uh, how about so my second pick, Dear Mr. Waterson? That's definitely a doc. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman and Bill is my third. And then I would go with Mindscape of Alan Moore and then Comic Book Confidential. What? <laughs> That's, That's the most research Pete has ever done on this show. I'm truly impressed. And those are all great recommendations, Pete. They That's are awesome. great. I'm yeah. actually, my pick is, I guess, the doc I'm making about the time Pete did research for the, a question on the show. <laughs> I'm just going to snip out the last couple seconds yeah. of Pete talk. For me, my favorite doc is the third interview that Pete did with Tim Seeley at New York Comic Con 2009. Nice. Yes. nice. It's true. It's very so much hugging. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, a lot of sparks flying. A lot of sparks <laughs> yeah. flying in that. Touchy feely is what. It's, yes. The title. Nat does point out that America's Splendor does have documentary footage. So yes. Thank you, you, Nat. Thank Absolutely. You. But those are great answers. I love that, Pete. This is from YouTube over the big says with the sad announcement of Star Girl's cancellation. Will yeah. you guys finish the current season podcast? Any chance it will be saved on HBO Max? Is Superman WB next on the chopping block? Lots of questions Ooh. there. Well, um, let me throw out that I don't think HBO Max is in the much in the business of saving shows anymore. Well, right. it's saving your show, hopefully. Fair, but um, not yes. out of not taking it from another network and saving it. So, if anybody doesn't Just know, Star Girl, DC Star Girl, was canceled by the CW with season three. This is part of another slate of cancellations that are coming out of the network as they move over to being bought by Nexstar, which is a company that is leading into a bunch of things. They basically are a company mostly owned for known for owning broadcast networks all across the country. They are going to be pivoting probably mostly to acquired programming and reality programming and cheaper things like that and leading into, well, here's the thing is they flat out said the average age of the viewer of the CW network on broadcast was 58 years old. So all of this team programming that was going on, you can, we can get into it. There's a lot to talk about there. There's a lot to parse out. That's Riverdale hot. Well, the thing is, like, in very brief, Mark Pedowitz, who is the head of the CW Network up until recently, he left because of these changes behind the scenes. I think very smartly leads it to the idea of, like, streaming is the future. I'm going to lead into streaming. Stop, Pete. I'm going to lead into streaming. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to aim for. Nobody's watching it on broadcast, so I'm going to do it there. Um, Nexstar doesn't believe that they want to lean into broadcast because that's where their business is. So they canceled Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew is going to be running its fourth and final season, which is filming currently. DC Stargirl is going to finish out its third season. They did get advanced notice of this. So they are going to have a chance to finish it on their own terms. Jeff John said, yeah, we did a finale, assuming this could potentially be the finale. So we're going to finish it out in a way that's satisfying. And most likely, this is not the last thing coming from the CW. To answer the last question, is Superman and Lois, I think is what the big is asking about, going to be on the chopping block? At this point, they have eight drama shows, I believe, that are left for the 2022-2023 seasons. And you have the two Walker shows. You have Superman and Lois. You have Gotham Knights, which is this 
superhero show that, to be honest, I am doubtful is ever going to see the light of day. I don't oh. think it's actually going to end up there at all, the way things that are going. You've got two All-American shows, All-American and All-American Homecoming. Uh, you've got Kung Fu and something else that I'm forgetting, potentially. Well, it strikes uh, me, like, what are the... Sorry to cut in, I know you're in the No, middle. no, no, yeah. it's fine. Pete has I'm been curious. enjoying my monologue. As I oh, did. my God. Jesus. Yeah, it's take a good drink, information. Man. Your mouth's got to be parched. Yeah, sorry, Pete. I wasn't talking about comic book documentaries. Literally the only thing that you know anything about. <laughs> uh, if the median age of, was, of the viewership was 58, what were they watching? Riverdale, What were all these bro, old folks on. watching? Come on. <laughs> Riverdale. Really my theory spicy. is their remotes were broken. Well, I mean, that's what's legitimately. About it. Yeah, it's it's just to be like our median age is old. Let's cancel everything. I was like, well, those people are watching. There's a the re, there's there must be some sort of reason for the viewership. And to make a hard turn, I I would rather I would think they would want to make a slower turn and maybe yeah, slowly slowly turn the the sort of age of your programming up a little bit. And maybe you pull in more people rather than what if all these people are we're watching Stargirl or if there's a secret retiree community. What if the villages is like Stargirl crazy? Yeah, but what if you did Birds of Prey, you know, meets Golden Girls? You know what I mean? Like lean into that age. Mm -hmm, You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I I don't know. It's so hard to say, but I, I really do. Like I'm joking about the remote broken thing, but I legitimately think it's just people are like, ah, what's on? Let's turn on the TV and do something in the background while it's going. That's probably mostly what the broadcast stuff was going on. And they're going to spend exponentially less money on reality TV programming and acquiring things internationally. And in a place where you're working at a network where they've had a loss I think the entire time they've been in existence. Yeah. This is not to, I love the CW. I watch almost everything on the CW and I am super bummed to see it go. But from a business perspective, I do understand the idea of like, we got to start making money somehow. We can't keep losing money. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. All of these businesses that are built on losing money does seem strange. And mm-hmm. it seems like those uh, those birds of prey are coming home to roost. Versus a podcast, for example, a podcast network, if you will, that's raking in money hand over fist. 100%. We yeah. keep our overhead low and our tech <laughs> casual. <laughs> uh, Superman and Lois, I don't know. The thing is, like, before they canceled... Stargirl, which seemed on the chopping block anyway, and Nancy Drew, I sort of felt like, okay, they're going to try to like slow play it a little bit, like Justin was saying. But now I I feel like they're just going to cut everything. Like maybe they'll keep Walker because it's Texas law bed, and that's sort of a universal all over the country thing. Well, sort but, of a Yellowstone adjacent right. show that you maybe yeah. draws people in. Superman and Lois is one that I feel like does well enough in the ratings that it's one that could be saved by HBO Max, but Starcraft wasn't doing that good, you know? Yeah. And Mikey stopped eating candy. Exactly. They, they got, they took out the core of what made the show work, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which, do you think we will go back and recap the final season of Stargirl? Do I think? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was Great one question. of the questions. Um, I mean, I, I would do it. I like that show. Um, yeah. if, if there was a quorum of, I want to say, two, um, two of which of the people are paying attention right now, I think we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> one of us is looking down and looking up more comic book documentaries. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's watching one, maybe. Uh, great. We have a question here from Ben the Border Collie. Ben says, it's been a while. Can we hear sucking on a cheesesteak? Well, Ben oh, the Border Collie. Can sucking I... on a cheesesteak. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I, every time I hear it, it gets better. This is just, it's not Q&A anymore. It's just fun with the soundboard with Alex Zelvin. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a total. You made, you, yeah, you made that up. That was not an audience question at all. Who is a known quantity on this podcast. Absolutely. This is from Kevin over on Crowdcast. What are some of your favorite surprising connections in comics, either within the the stories or in the industry? Ooh, interesting. Huh. Um, I've always thought this is this is hyper specific. I always thought it was strange um, that uh, the sort of Green Lantern family of jade obsidian and um and the original green lantern alex it seems scott. like alex yeah alex scott it seems like they're all related that's that's aggressive yeah pete any answer there yeah i didn't hear the question i was responding to ben the Bar- border collie <laughs> with hot that was yep. the thing that distracted took up okay. well he had to find the h and then later yeah. Find <laughs> the yeah, took a while. <laughs> you have a separate keyboard for each letter right exactly how yeah. do you have it Oh my god, so expensive. What are some of your favorite surprising connections in comics, either within the stories or in the industry? Hmm. Why don't you go and give me a second to think about that? How about like Peter Parker had an Uncle Ben who died? Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, but his rice is pretty good, so. Yep, same guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I gotta be honest. I don't have a good answer for that one. I'm not quite sure what what this is based on or what it's. Well, kind of surprising yeah, connection. It, it, it would be it. kind of like the Martha of the, you know, kind of like why did you? That's my mom's name. Well, I will That's say that's my when, mom's name. In a movie that I was like otherwise like not super excited about, I had never put together that they were both named Martha. Well. So that did catch me off guard. It's a terrible moment, though. We could agree on that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it was deployed poorly, but the idea that they <laughs> and also it's a it's just a random coincidence. It's not like there's a real connection point there between two humans. Mm. But um, stra- I I was surprised that I never put that together. We got a question here on YouTube from Nelson Martinez. Have you guys checked out the Midnight Club on Netflix? I'm about halfway through, seeing if you guys have possibly finished it. Oh, um, I haven't watched that yet, but that is definitely on my list. It's a great show to watch um, in this sort of more haunted time of the year. Thanksgiving the, time, you mean, right? What's yeah, the, uh, the uh, sell me on it here? What is it? So The Midnight Club is based on the book by Christopher Pike. It comes from Mike Flanagan, who did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, among many, many other okay, things. So I'm out. Yeah, definitely. It's. I will say, so I've watched the first couple of episodes. I actually haven't finished it yet, even though I enjoyed the first couple of episodes, but it uh, is a little more youth skewing. It is about a bunch of kids who are dying of various diseases. They all go to a hospice to live out the end of their life, which sounds very sad, but it's very much about them like figuring out what to live for sort of thing. And what the new character who shows up at this hospice discovers is that they have a midnight club. So every midnight they meet and they tell each other scary stories. 
But as you might expect, the scary stories are kind of based on what's going on with them and their diseases and their lives and the end of their lives. But at the same time, there's a conspiracy thing going on in the hospice. Um, so it's fun and it is scary. Nothing but you just said would ever be classified as fun. Romance. Well, I will say, Pete, this is not a show for you. Yeah, it's okay, really not. Thank you. All right. But it's not as scary as Mike Flanagan's other stuff, I will say that. But I enjoyed it, and I have been meaning to go back and check it out, but I just have not had a chance yet. I mean, I I definitely, uh, that's I'm excited by that, because to me, the scariest thing is, like, a soccer coach who really believes in his team. And that's just too <laughs> funny. That's something I could never watch. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm going to bring this up now. I was going to say this for trivia, but I've been thinking about this all week. I have a question for you, Pete. This is an audience oh, question for me. Oh, oh no. I consider I myself like, I don't the like host this. of the show and an audience member I, at the same I, time. I, I don't like this. So here's my question for you. In trivia, you pay tribute to a dead celebrity with your third answers, right? Oh, my God. What is this? And you go in date order, so you wait for it. So... Here's my question for you. Jason Sudeikis dies. Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is your favorite show. You've watched it one million times. This is legitimately, I actually want to know the answer. It's worst nightmare. You go in date order, right? So Jason Sudeikis dies an hour before we do a show or whatever you put together trivia. I assume it's an hour before, but maybe it's a week before. I honestly don't know. Whatever you put it on, it's enough time for you to do trivia on Jason Sudeikis. But earlier that day... 52 other celebrities who you don't quite care about as much as Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso, also like an Angela died. Lansbury. Yes, one every half an hour or something like that, however you want to work right. it out. Right. Do you wait a year to pay tribute to Jason Sudeikis in your trivia? Well, uh, if that all went down, yes. Yes, I would. I mean, there is... <laughs> you uh... would. That's really? how... I I kind of assumed that, but I'm still shocked to hear it at the same time. Well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, there is, you do get, there is favor bumps. You know what I mean? Like some of them, I'm favor. trying to go in order, but, you know, sometimes. Who's calling for the favor here? Yeah, the favor bumps <laughs> them up a little bit. Like if I like Please, the Pete, the work, only way I'm going to get it to heaven is if you do me in trivia. Yeah, you know, Pete I'll is, get to you eventually. Is the, but you he, might this get is St. Peter right here. He lets yeah. people into heaven through trivia. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no. Let me let me ask you this, Pete. Or let me just say, for real, for real. If Jason Sudeikis died, we wouldn't see Pete for over a month. Yeah. <laughs> easy. Easy. He'd be yeah. in full mourning. Uh, there'd be a, it's a dark time for Mr. Yeah. Lynch. I mean, yeah. you know, belief would die, you know, so it would be tough. Well, this is great to know. Thank you, Pete, for your honesty. I appreciate it. This is a question from our Patreon Slack, patreon.com slash comic book club from Jake. Mm. You guys read so many comics a week for the stack and whatnot. My question is, what are you guys reading that doesn't make it on the show that you're just reading because you enjoy it for yourself? And it doesn't have to be a comic. It can be a book or whatever. Just what are you guys reading for your own enjoyment? I guess just well, stop signs. <laughs> I was going to say, like... I uh, used to uh, do a lot more reading, but, uh, you know, comic book club uh, takes up a lot of time and, uh, you know, we're spending a lot of time reading comics. So my casual reading that was uh, on a normal person's uh, kind of like increase as time goes on has been on a decrease. 
Um, so I went from doing a, a, a nice amount of casual reading to zero. <laughs> well, um, the stack in the many, many years of comic book club was three comic books. And now it is uh, sometimes like 10 X that. So, uh, but I will say I, um, I agree. I have been reading less in this as I watch more TV and everything over the years and have not been traveling on the subway um, to a work or job as that used to be called. But I have been trying to read. I just picked up um, George Saunders' new book of short stories, um, which I've started reading. And Alan Moore has a book of short stories out. And I got my hands on a signed copy of that. And I'm going to start reading that. Was it cheaper? The signed one cheaper? It was. And then he he walked up to me and tore his name off. Yeah. A couple of things that I've been reading, and I've talked about this on the show before, but even beyond Comic Book Club, having kids has meant like, why do I even bother reading? I can get through one page before they need something. But yeah. I've really been pushing myself to get back to it because I love reading and it makes me feel good to read a book. Yeah. So a couple of things that I've read, read recently, um, I read Fairy Tale by Stephen King, which is a new mm. book, which is great. It's like, you know, very Stephen King take on a dark fairy tale. I'm more um, Joe Hill than Stephen King, but that's nice. Sure. Uh, I don't think uh, you need to choose. It's friends. just wild that that guy is so far into his career and written so many books and you still read a book and you're like, yeah, this is great. He's <laughs> just, he's still really good at this point. Um, so that was very good. A good short one. If you're looking for a short one to check out that I read recently, was a book called dark harvest, which was made into a movie by universal that has been sitting on the shelf for like a year, which is wild. It's about, it's very like the lottery about this town that has a thing called the October boy, which is essentially a scarecrow with a jack-o'-lantern head that I'll give you the basic concept, even though like part of the joy is finding out what the fuck is going on while you're reading it. So you're going to take all the joy. They take all of the boys in the town from age 16 to 18, starve them for five days and then release them on Halloween night. And their job is to kill the October boy. And the October boy's job is to get to the church in the center of town before midnight. And so it's like, it's wild. It's like 200 pages long. It's very like high octane, all action all the time. If you're looking for a very quick, super fun read, check that out. Um, Yeah, very good. That's great. Um, I have one more question um, tangential to this. Um, Alex, I've noticed you've been you've had some short stories um, published in some different things. Um, So have you been writing more? Not recently. I tend to have the impetus to write towards the beginning of the year and I keep it up for like interesting. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, but I keep it up for like four to five months or something like that and then get distracted with comic book club or other things um but yeah i just had a short story published in this thing called oh my gosh i'm actually blanking on it it's like something passages but it was a short story collection that it was published in um i could probably plug it on the twitter or something like that please but, do yeah. uh, i'm curious what when do you write asking for a friend me yeah uh it is mostly super early in the morning and so that's been difficult over the past couple of months because my son wakes up very early and wants to play games in the morning (laughs) and ask questions and talk about things, which is very lovely, but kind of cuts into the writing time. But Mm. that's what I had been writing. So 
once I get to the end of the year and I'm like, oh boy, I should do that again. Um, maybe then, maybe the middle of the day, probably not the middle of the day though. That's but great. We'll Cause I, early for you is gotta be like 4am. Pretty much. It, legitimately, <sighs> like if you want to do it, it's setting alarm for 4am, waking up, writing for an hour before the kids wake up. And that's the only time I got. Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but good question. Like that. Uh, this is from Straight Bullet. What's your favorite moment when you ratted to someone from your deep into your past? Whoa! Great question. Great. Well, question. I just I love running in my into brain. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. I just I recently orchest- orchestrated a run in with um, one of my good friends in college. I hadn't seen for like fifteen years. Um, he moved to like the, truly the woods in Maine didn't really doesn't have social media or anything lost touch with him tracked him down through his like he's a teacher at a school school email and then um said hey we're gonna be driving near you let's meet up met up with him and met like his family and kid and like i had never uh hadn't seen any part of his life in so long so that was very cool um go ahead pete one of the uh, fun things about the my friend, the Unseen Vegan Dream, is he has a talent for just showing up at different places. He likes to just to kind of appear, and uh, I, you know, same thing. I hadn't seen him in like uh, ten years, and I was at the bodega by my house when I lived in Queens, and he was just in one of the aisles looking at a can of peas, you know, and I was just like, <laughs> the dream. And he was like, what's <laughs> up? And he stayed um, for a couple of days. It was crazy. That's amazing. I, I mean, I will say one of the wildest ones, and I know we've had him on a couple of times, with Ryan Silbert, who grew up in Port Washington with, with me. It's just weird seeing him when I was like, oh, yeah, uh, we grew up in the same town. We constantly talk about Mid Condition, the one comic book shop in town. So it's strange seeing him again in this well, context. And he- he was recently on the show and he was talking about being on a prodigy BB bulletin board. Oh, that's right. That I was on and he was <laughs> dropped. He dropped the name of the head of the thing. Grendel. He was venom. I knew that dude when I was on prodigy in like 1993 or 94, something crazy like that. Wow. I was on a bulletin board. with That dude. That's, that's wild. wild. That's and the insane. fact that he said that is crazy. <laughs> Uh, we got one here on YouTube. This is from Azar Abdullah Ma. Any upcoming comics you guys are looking forward to? Tell me more. I stuck here in traffic morning here in Malaysia. Hey, all, Malaysia, what's up? Thank you for watching slash w- listening in Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, normally bro. we do this at the end of the show, but you guys want to talk about what you're looking forward to that's coming out this week? We can jump it up here for a dude that's wow, stuck in traffic in Malaysia. Early, yeah, but well, I'm looking traffic. forward to uh, Survival Street uh, number four. Uh, it's such a fun, quirky uh, kind of uh, Sesame Street meets the Punisher, if you will. And speaking of big pun, uh, Punisher number seven comes out and uh, yeah, it's a banger, dude. You know, slappers only. This is legit. <laughs> I mean, you know, Pete, I I feel it's a little fucked up that you took my pick because um, mm-hmm. this is sort of my guy. But Punisher number seven, I'm uh, definitely. Oh, it's your guy? To. Punisher? Yeah. yeah, I think I've rooted. That's why I'm sort of the homage. I'm wearing this black and white shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yes, the Punisher issue this week, absolutely fantastic. 
Um, also, shout out to That Texas Blood, another book that mm-hmm. I love. The 19th issue comes out tomorrow, and this in- entire series is fantastic. Definitely worth the pickup. Yeah, there's a bunch of really good things that are coming out tomorrow. Ones that I'll give a shout out to just looking down here. I've really been enjoying the new champion of Shazam from DC Comics, which mm-hmm. focuses on Mary Marvel mm-hmm. and takes a very unique sort of fun, very different take on her uh, that I I think works for both comic book fans and also fans of the movie. Also, Old Dog, number two, from Image Comics. An old dude who sucked back into the spy game. We had Declan Chalvey on a couple of months back to talk about this book, and so I was very excited to check this one out, and that is coming out tomorrow. And there was one more I wanted to... Oh, I always love just She-Hulk, number seven, is coming out. Mm. Rainbow Rowell, just writing a great romance book on the stands. You don't see that a lot. Good stuff. Uh, some yeah. great characters. I won't spoil, but some interesting characters pop up from another book mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. uh, Rainbow has, has done. And I love the sort of romance that's happening. In this yeah. Oh, and one more I'll give a shout out to that. I was very excited to read the second issue of and curious to get your guys take on Earth Divers, number two from IDW mm. Publishing. This is a book about people who are traveling back in time to save America by killing Columbus. And it just had so many wild ideas in the first issue. I was really interested to check out the second one. We'll be talking about all of these issues more on the Stack podcast and getting into it. One more I wanted to shout out is Bloodstained Teeth number six. Oh, yeah. Any particular reason? Uh, It's great. And it's type bananas art. Great. This is from Michael Tillman. Post-Halloween question. What's the top of your list for your parent tax candy pick? For a kid's candy bag, do we send Pete all the banana-flavored Laffy Taffies? Oh, bring it. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, Yeah, win-win for me, for whoever doesn't like the best flavor, you sus. Wait, before we get to that, I have a question. Justin, we talked about your Halloween costume. What were your kids dressed as? Uh, Great question. Um, Elena of Avalor and uh, Rapunzel. Um, so fully in the uh, well, you could have uh, done a whole family thing and gone for like uh, the chicken man and Mike Herman Trout. That would be fun. Uh, no joke. We were like, and because we were sort of this was last minute, but we were like, what if we have um, uh, the kids dress as um, Mesa Verde and Sandpiper, the two main <laughs> cases that went through the run of Better Call Saul? <laughs> Just like stacks of papers that came around with us. But we were like, we're going to make our kids dress as papers. Yeah. <laughs> they will not like uh, Too bad. Uh, but what do we do? Parent candy tax. What's at the top of your list? Justin? Uh, what candy am I scooping off the top? I mean, I'm not yeah, a big yeah. candy guy. Uh, but if Which there's a Mr. There's a Mr. Good Bar, I'm here for it. Uh, mm. I'll enjoy. That's about it. That, uh, yeah. Excuse me, Pete. Did I, you just ones, have a little? I, I oh. will say the first ones that my kids handed me with, so they didn't want anymore, was Twizzlers. Yeah. And oh, got, that's like handed. Well, here's uh, the thing. You guys know I, I love Twizzlers. They're yep, yeah. too. one of my favorite candies. I don't love Twizzlers you get on Halloween. Like the mini Twizzlers, the pill- Twizzlers pull apart. It's not hard. the same thing. They're hard. They're hard. And not the pull apart, just the two little ones that are together. The two little ones, they're also like not the same thing. And my wife looked at me and I was like, why don't I like these as much? And she's like, 
because they're not stale. And I was like, you're right. No, that's <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Which is weird and messed up. To but you identify. only like stale Twizzlers? I only, the Twizzlers you get at the movie theater that are like too tightly packed. And like they've been sitting there for a couple of years. That's the one you want. What? Yeah, that's you only what go you to a, You only go to the oh, haunted yeah. movie theater. Yeah, right? I want yeah, the yeah. ones that have bite that. to them. Yeah. Um, Slightly rat bitten. Any... <laughs> Any candy bar, you know, Baby Ruth, Butterfinger, Milky Remember. Way, Snickers, all that. You're a nougat head. Pe- peanut butter cups. Uh, <laughs> bring it. I'm not saying no to any of Talking them. about podcasts, Nerds. Pete is begging for the day that Sweet Tooth comes back so we can start doing oh a podcast God, with candy. I love it. Our dude. Sweet Tooth. I mean, honestly, that was Charleston one of the shoes, very put them in And the as freezer. I said, at the top of that Sweet Tooth podcast, Snickers is the king of all candy bars, and I was born out over the course of that. So. <laughs> Milky Way. Just by the showrunner of the show. Reese's Pieces. I mean, come Who, on. They're you're all running great. a show called Sweet Tooth? You have the sweetest tooth. That's why I don't have kids, because I wouldn't let them get any of the candy. I would just eat it all. Yeah. It'd be a trick or Pete situation. Yeah, Exactly. Got a couple of questions here over on YouTube. This is from David Quinley. What comic would you like to see made into a show or movie? Me, I'd like Miracle Man. I feel like we get this question Ooh. every once in a while, but uh, do you guys have any sort of new answer, anything that you feel like? Would Lock be and Key current? would be great. I'd love to see something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be cool. Yeah, I just, yeah. just to see three seasons of that. And that's yeah. it. Oh. I'll throw out one. I don't know if this would work, but this is just top of my head. Gwenpool might be kind of fun, particularly because oh. Deadpool is so popular. Everybody loves Deadpool because of Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Might be kind and, of interesting to see some sort of spinoff there. That would... And Alex, you love breaking the fourth wall in She-Hulk, so I could see why you'd yeah, you. Yeah, this is right up your alley. If you do it right, I'm not going to be upset about it. You know, Nat Towson says Gwenpool cartoon. Great. Why not? Very Just fun. Don't. She always breaks out into the the real world. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, get a uh, sort of Roger Rabbit situation going. Um, I'm gonna say um, Silver Coin Ice Cream Man. I want to see some. Uh, no, some I don't want to see. That's a horrible idea. No. That a is lightly so scary and so good. Ugh. Very nice. Great oh, idea. Man. And the other one, I feel like we've definitely mentioned this before, but. I feel like FX in particular could do a great job with concrete as a series. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you need somebody who's going to be able to take the time to make it crazy cerebral and not yeah. action driven at all. That would be awesome. Ben, the border collie says scalped. Another great idea. A hundred bullets. This is from all in the game over on YouTube. Given mm-hmm. the overall quality of his filmography, what superhero property would Ryan Johnson be suited for? Oh, great. RJ. Oh, no. Oh, you know him? Yeah. Um, Mr. I, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely leading into mysteries. He's got the whole Knives Out series. He got a, he's got he got a series on Peacock that I'm blanking on the name of with Natasha Leone. that's a done-in-one mystery series, like old-school Columbo style, which sounds very fun. Very. I mean, a Spider-Man noir would be fun. That would be good. Oh, um, that's nice. What about like Detective Chimp while we're going for the oh, mystery okay. thing? All right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, weird mm-hmm. choice. Like the question. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Uh, Nathausen says Batman because we haven't really had a detective Batman. Like, I think the closest they've come is the Batman. Like, they actually made an attempt yeah. to make him a detective there. Um, well, yeah, let me throw I then... disagree with that. I mean, 
the Batman was more just like him being awkward in his human skin, just standing there going, oh, human skin. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw Gotham Central out It's wrong. Because mm. uh, I think that tracks with a lot of the things we're talking about while being lightly Batman adjacent. Mm. What about this? Uh, Kevin says maybe something that isn't Marvel do you see. How about Powers? That might Ooh, be good. I know nice. there was the How PlayStation about Mouse series. PlayStation series that was huge. Everybody lo- loved that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I love playing through that on my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, When I wake up in the morning, I turn on my PlayStation just to watch TV. <laughs> Uh, but that makes me want to say, if you're going on the image route, um, that Texas Blood, uh, the, the, T- oh, the, yeah. the comic series I just read. Uh, I, I would go as far as to say any image comic. Uh, <laughs> great. There we go. This is from Nat Townsend, question over on Crowdcast. Should I finally check out Stargirl? What are some other gems from the recent past that we may have missed? Now there are so many uh, comic-based shows. And he also says, feel free to work a Nutflex into this. Nutflex. Oh, um, guys, stop just giving Alex that's, reasons. That's great. But little... let me say, Alex, you didn't work it in. You just yeah, you played did. it immediately. <laughs> that's not uh, working it in. Yeah, let's yeah. give Alex well, more notes. as somebody who has interviewed a good portion of the cast of Stargirl. Nutflex. There we go. Oh, well that, used. That well used. I think the first season of Stargirl, and we talked about this on our podcast, shot way above its weight, hit way above its weight, excuse me. Shot um, way above its weight. Boxing, yeah, classic <laughs> boxing metaphor. You know what's going on. Don't challenge bat. Alex to a boxing <laughs> Oh, man. He brings a gun. Oh, man. I was there at the Mike Tyson fight in Vegas when he was like, <laughs> shot him right in the face. That's not what happened. I don't know. Yeah. Evander Holyfield, he was like, bat, bat, yeah, to the yeah. face. So They're like, there's no rule. I can't we believe he really got away with it. It was a knockout. He won. I know. His ear. <laughs> Man. He shot Anyway, him. the first season of Stargirl is great. Definitely check that out. Like, the villains in particular are awesome in that. And then yeah, second yeah, the, season. We talked a lot about that. The villains are great, and it's much darker than mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be it goes very hard especially on the villain front also some we don't talk about enough uh arrow uh just uh start to finish one of the best tv shows of all time. Uh, i'm sorry we actually got some other questions here we got to get through sorry pete but jonathan mccool says after watching 100 places to parties justin says no to stuff montage can we make justin the official say no guy for cbc too um great call um the in the uh portland episode i'm the surly producer uh, yeah you are uh line producer that is uh, nope not not my job um on camera you can see me uh saying no to all the tattoo parlors that the uh hosts want to go to <laughs> um it's uh it's fun and i'll yeah, say it's no, a fun I'll montage say. it's like justin is that the nope no that's nope. not it no, no. Hey, is that the one we're going? Nope. Okay. You can really get a little a glimpse of what I wear on set through that montage as well. I look like a, some sort of, um, I'm collecting layers in a weird way. Uh, we got another question here on YouTube. Thoughts on Kelly Marcel making her directorial debut with Venom 3, with the exception of Saving Mr. Banks. Her screenplays have been pretty mediocre. Fifty Shades of Grey, Venom, and Venom 2. Uh, for those who don't know the news, this was hinted at here, but she wrote Venom and Venom 2, and I believe Venom 3, and is going to be directing Venom 3, which is currently being sold as the grand finale of the Venom trilogy. 
<laughs> well, I feel like the always conceived Venom trilogy. I feel yeah. like it's in good hands. She's been there from the start, so at least she kind of knows it and knows the you know the Venom sweet spots at this point. Um, I listen to this podcast called called Script Notes about screenwriting, and um, Kelly Marcel is a guest on that podcast a fair amount. It's with uh, John August and Craig Mazin, screenwriters, and um, she's actually talked about the Venom making Venom and the love and adoration um, that she uses to describe um, how they work and um, the way that um, they get the Venom voice and the Venom character at the sort of the same time they're shooting both sides of scenes makes me think she's she's gonna deliver when a writer a writer who is a competent director has both of those reins i think it actually enhances the project so i think that you're gonna be it's gonna be the best one yet three is gonna be the best one well and also to the point that you're making justin as far as we understand about the process here a lot of it is like rewriting on the fly based on what tom hardy wants so her being able to do that obviously like directing that's a lot of other part departments that you need to deal with at the same time but her being able to be like yes me and Tom Hardy who is a maniac speak the same language and being able to do that in a more quick fashion I think it's gonna be fine and I think that's a great point because yeah Tom Hardy is like he has a lot of control of that project and the the movie revolves around him and his portrayal as of the character so I think yes because sometimes he's just going to want to jump in the water and eat a lobster. You know what I mean? He's just going to, he's going to do a well, lot of different things. I, I think I know you're sort of joking here, Pete, but I legitimately think that's a good point in terms of what makes Venom work. Because over here at YouTube, this uh, all the game says think they need a higher caliber writer director to give this third movie a chance to actually being good. I actually think what probably hurt Venom too was having Andy Circus being like. I have a directorial vision for it. The first one, yeah. they were like, I don't know what we're doing. Tom Hardy's going crazy. He's jumping in a lobster tank. Yeah. Let's just go with it. And that's what you need. Like, I want to watch the chaos. Venom that is chaos. Exactly. That is four hours long, Tom Hardy going crazy. I don't want to watch them trying to get some sort of story for a Venom movie. Because when it goes into the story, it's not as much fun. Well, and I also think, like, this is, I guess, based on personal experience, but a lot of projects, you, you feel the sense of gravity establish itself in the in the beginning. And once the sense of gra- the, um, the gravity is established in a certain place, if you try to move it, it ruins the project because it it has been established. You have to lean into that. That's why I think this is the right move, because if you lean into this gravity, like Alex is saying, yeah. it's going to be like the chaos that the project has always been. Um, and for that to be in a big budget superhero movie that that people go watch and spend money to see, that doesn't happen anymore. Like the big creative swings in superhero movies are very hard to pull off. And if they can do that here, I think we're uh, it, it, it may be the best Venom movie um, of all. Wow. Wow. That's a bold pronouncement. I guess we'll see what happens. We have two quick ones here to wrap up. This is from Jonathan McCool. Have you guys been watching The Peripheral on Prime Thoughts? If so. What Um, what is that? I have not, but I'm in. I want to. I'm intrigued by this show based purely on the advertising. This is Chloe Grace Moretz, who Pete had a little bit of a dust up with back at C two E two back in the day. So, right, right. I don't know if the, I don't know if the bad blood goes too deep for you to check this out. 
Yeah, there uh, is a character who looks suspiciously like you, Pete, that gets a real <laughs> bad vibe. Uh, anyway, it is about virtual reality and reality mixing. It is from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who did Westworld, so most likely it'll fall apart by the end. I have not checked it out, but I am curious, just because even if I love on Westworld all the time, I still watch every episode. And last and one, this is crazy. Yes, I know. I'm a broken man. Nat Towson says, Pete, if you got a job to write the official Ted Lasso comic, what's it about and who draws it? Or... You can pick another writer. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it would be funny to see like a gritty take like Garth Ennis take a take a hold of it, you know what I mean? No, um, I want the Pete take. Let's have Yeah, happen. but if I'm writing it, um yeah. Ted it's Lasso be... Born Again. I want to see that. You well, I'm sorry? <laughs> Ted Lasso Born Again. Oh wow. Yeah, I, if I'm gonna do yeah, I'm gonna lean Wait, into no, the Wait, no, what's the thing where he goes back to Vietnam? Born again is Daredevil. I got that wrong. Net- we're talking about the one Punisher. where the Punisher, your favorite. Welcome oh. back, Frank. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back, Frank. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back, Ted. Anyway, take it away, Pete. Yeah. I'm just going to say I would uh, lean into the uh, rom com of it all. And, uh, oh, really? Know, You'd lean into the rom com? Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> it was twist like, answer you know, from our boy Pete LePage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, stop dancing around with will they, won't they? Let's get it. And, um, you know. <laughs> Also, what? the who new specifically coach. are you talking who, about? Who here? are you talking about? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Rebecca and Sam. Oh, not Rebecca and Ted? Nope. No. That is not who we knew. That's None not where of it's us going, know what buddy. you were talking about. It's not where it's going. I'm talking about the OG. You got two people named Sam or Rebecca. Come on. You're quoting the show right now. I know. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're quoting Ted. So wait, what, what? But what about Ted, the main character? What's he doing? If in your comic, well, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of growth. He's got to deal with. He's still, you know, having a, uh, you know, Nate the Great really uh, uh, did some horrible things. So him and Nate got to kind of uh, reform that relationship, and we're going to get to the bottom of that. Plus, we got to find out what Trent Crim's doing now that he's independent. So uh, you know, we got to spend some time with Trent. Um, so I'd yeah. love to see that. That's a spinoff comic we should get. The independent Trent Krim. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. really fun. That's definitely fun. And if we're going to get somebody, not to answer your question, Peter, but if we're going to get somebody to write the comic, I think it should be Olivia Wilde. She's done some really interesting <laughs> stuff on, like, Don't Worry Darling and a couple of other movies. Yeah, I'm Books sure Jason Too soon, bro. That. Too soon. Too Maybe soon. he would serve her some sort of more divorce papers while she was trying to do her job. <laughs> oh, come on, uh, you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, huh? uh, we could have Harry Styles draw it. That would be fun. All right, why don't we move to our next section, which is trivia? And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right, oh, wait. This is the part. Whoa, Stray Bullies first hand up. Oh my God, so quick. Here we he's go. Gonna we're going to bring in Stray Bullies. Hair popping right now. Yeah, he's yeah probably, exactly. Probably this is the main character. No, it's a, it's just my baseball. Comic. Hey, wow. Stray Bully! Hey, Stray Bully out on the is this porch. My, is this my college reunion? Yes, I'm at, out on the porch. I sat yeah. in that chair a couple months ago. Oh, How yeah, are you did. feeling? You you've been uh, sick this week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm better. My stomach still feels like the bottom might drop out at any moment, but uh, oh, you know, man. yeah, it was rough. Yeah, but I I will nice. say, uh, it feels like me when the McRib came back. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yes. Uh, like, 
of all the weeks for me not to design a drink, I think I know. like the week where I the character of the of the story was based off of me was probably not uh, the week to not create a fucking drink. Bring it back next it? week. Dude, yeah, don't like, be so hard on yourself, bro. You know. Did I mean, you guys hear how cool I was in college though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also having a vampire inspired by it's pretty cool. Yeah, to have your coolness sustain, um, I want to say almost twenty years. Yes, Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, he just he's in New Orleans, bro. I am. I'm in New Orleans. Uh, That's why there's lights all over the house. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I, I that what's funny about Fernando is Fernando and I had a lot of firsts together because we started college pretty much the same time we both turned look at this this is the whole house spiders up there and everything it's new orleans we light it up you know you know it's november 1st right you got to take that i know it's don't be that guy it still counts counts. but we we had so many firsts together he took me out for my first drink gave me my first fake id like we had uh good times and he used to come up with stories all the time we worked together so he would come up with stories all the time he had wow. stories about vampires and bounty hunters and, and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Cool. Wow. I look forward yeah. to all of them featuring you as the main character. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, my, my, my fucking mind is kind of blown. Well, first, like I didn't, I saw who was coming up, but I like, I didn't put it together because why would you, why would you put together that this is the same person you went to college with? Even though I follow him on Instagram and I like, whatever, like, and normally I even research the people ahead of time. And like, to make the drink, but then I got sick and I was like, well, I'm not oh doing that. Gosh. It is yeah. all good. And as a payback, you're either going to get $25 from Midtown College. Oh, I'm or... sorry, but that's all the time we have for trivia. <laughs> or Long John Silver. All right. Or Long John Silver is your choice at the end, probably with an upset tummy, not Long John Silver's. But Pete, no. take it away. Does Long, does Long John Silver have a charity? Or is is Long John Silver the charity? That's technically Long John Silver is a charity at this point. (laughs) If there is a charity you would like to donate to, we could also do that at the end, assuming you win. But Pete, take it away. Oh, here we go. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend. Jason Sudeikis. Angela Lansbury. Be respectful. You must have done some favors to get up to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, please listen to all three options before you make your selection. Question number one. New comic alert. What is the name of the new comic coming out in 2023 starring Blade's daughter? Is it A, Humans Are My Food, a cookbook, B, Bloodline, or is it C, Bill, I'm Not a Farmer, Farmer? So B is the only one that's an actual answer. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like the best answer, Bloodline. All right. Especially that's if it's right. his daughter. Bloodline. Bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did there. Okay. And... Titan Comics announced that they will be doing the next Conan the Barbarian series written by blank. Is it A, Jim Zub, B, Stymie Loberson, or C, Kimmy Robertson? So it's Did you make up A, Jim Zub, <laughs> which is an actual comic book writer, or you could be completely wrong. Hey. Nice. That is correct. Last one. Boom Studios is celebrating 40 years of blank with a deluxe hardcover comic. Is it A, Sea Monkeys, B, Dark Crystal, or C, Jerry Orbach? Mm. B? Mm. You are correct! Wow. wow, no hint. 
went no, rogue, hint, and you got it. it. Tempted to pick Jerry Orbach, but sure. Somebody should put me in a comic change my name to Bishop. <laughs> Would you like $25 in Midtown Comics, Long John Silvers, or the charity of your choice? Oh, I'll pick a charity and I'll email you. How's that? Okay. All right. That yeah, sounds great. great. And yeah. do you have an idea about the secret tribute Angela to Angela Lansbury? No. You're a Lansbury No head. idea. Yeah, no. I, I can't I'm even remember the name of the, the show that she did 1991 for years. Super mega hit Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wow. Mm. All right, cool. there we go. Brett, thank you so much for coming on. Feel better. Please take down those thank you. decorations. Come yeah, on. Take down come those on. lights. So, it's Dios de los Muertos. Tomorrow, though. Tomorrow you're going to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. we'll do it tomorrow. Well, when the goes, Thanksgiving shit goes up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We At start like 4 a.m. when I'm up and writing and everything. Yeah, see, down here we start at Halloween and then we go to Thanksgiving. Like, you see, all the green will come down and, and across the street, see over there, like they'll go more like even more fall colors and put like my wife has like turkeys and shit. And then after oh. that, we go Christmas. And then after that, we go straight in the Mardi Gras. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Decorating takes up about 80% of your life. <laughs> yeah. We get days off for it. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's true. Amazing. <laughs> Brett, have a good night. All right. So Bye good guys. seeing you. See you, Brett. All right, there Friday, we guys. go. Now, usually we talk about what we're looking forward to, but guys, we already did that. Already so did instead, that is it for this week's show. <laughs> A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Dr. Susie Stein and Mr. Fernando Perez for coming on. Talk about Heavy Metal's Mark of Kings and Inversion. You can check those yeah. both out on their website. Dan Price for talking about Bigfoot Nose Karate. The Kickstarter for issue two is up right now. Next week on the show, big one, we're going to have Will Morris is going to be here to talk about gospel. And Paul Cornell is going to be here yes, oh, to Paul talk about Cornell. Zoops, Saucer Country. I'm sure we'll sneak in some questions about his other work as well. Yes, a couple we of things you check out. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. We have a new episode about Thor, Love and Thunder. Finally, very delayed, but that is up as of We had to let it marinate. Yeah, exactly. We had to really think about it. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, getting very close to the end of season three. The Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast just finished up. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night. Go watch it. Doc. Peace. 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 Peace.